You hiring? You need people to work for you as hard as we work for this podcast? Go to ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter.com slash passer, and we're going to give you a free chance to list your job application on ZipRecruiter. Hundreds of job sites with just one click. ZipRecruiter.com slash passer. Sports presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason LaConfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Hope it was a great Labor Day weekend for you and yours. Nick Costos, Will Brinson, Pick 6 Podcast. Jason Lockanfora to join us a little later, plus Will Brinson, a special interview with a future Hall of Famer. Tell the listeners what we've got coming up. I just threw my back out again trying to fake spike. We got Rob Gronkowski. Are you kidding me? Gronk on the post-Labor Day show. How great is that? Gronk was fantastic. We talked to him. Uh, we got a whole host of shows coming out this week. You can subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Rate us. We're, uh, we're moving up a little bit. Moving up to the east side. Uh, feeling pretty good about it. Don't want to get overconfident, but we love that you guys are listening. Tweet us at the Costos at Will Brinson. Seriously, subscribe and download and listen. It helps us. It makes our bosses happy. It makes us happy. Uh, it, 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 it soothes our, our very fragile egos when you, when you leave those reviews and it bumps us up the iTunes ranking, which makes them want to invest in this podcast more. And, uh, like I said, four shows coming this week. The plan right now. We have obviously today we have JLC doing his season long predictions. We have Rob freaking Gronkowski on our Wednesday show. We're going to bring on Dave Richard, fantasy legend and over under extraordinaire. Well, I don't know about over under extraordinaire. Dave's not so you know, Dave. Great fantasy. Maybe not so great with the over under. So we're looking forward to busting Dave's chops tomorrow. Dave, by the way, Dave, last year, Nick, Dave's pretty good against the spread. Almost went undefeated one week against the spread. That's incredible. Dave stinks against the spread. And we will and we will expose him for the ATS fraud that he is great with fantasy. He'll give us some fantasy nuggets as well. But but uh, we'll get some over under picks and season preview as well. With Dave, also have also have with Dave the same show. Von Miller, he's pretty good. Yeah, have you, heard, have you heard of Von Miller? Pretty good player, Super Bowl Fifty MVP. He will be on the Wednesday edition of the show. Plus, our picks against the spread for week number one coming up later in the week. Compete against us in our picks challenge on the website cbssports.com backslash pick six. So we can't wait for that. I can't wait to give picks against the spread, make our season long predictions. Um, and again, leave those reviews on iTunes. Will mentioned our fragile egos before I go to sleep at night. I huddle with my phone and I check the reviews. And when I see good reviews, specifically ones that say nice things about me, it helps me sleep better at night. So leave those reviews. If you like what you're listening to, it just helps the whole kit and caboodle. If you like it, say something, write something, pick six on iTunes. Will, an eventful weekend in the National Football League as it concerns news. And I think the one thing that you and I are most excited to talk about, the prodigal son has returned. He was lost and now is found. Something like that. Brock Osweiler back in Denver. I was going to do something like the Brock. We need like some sort of rock band to play a Brock Lobster song. Like, <laughs> as, like By the way, so Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com tweeted this out. And I ended up in like a discussion um, where – uh, about this but like greg was like it's pretty depressing to know that brock osweiler will be is will always be better at his job 
like than I am at mine. And I think what he meant to say was that like it's so much harder to become an NFL quarterback, right? Like it's impossible. The odds are stacked against you. Well, you have and to Brock win Osler- the genetic lottery. The guy's freaking seven foot. I came very close to dropping an F bomb just now. The guy's like seven foot eight. So, so it's not like like if I were born seven foot eight instead of five foot seven, maybe I could be an NFL quarterback too. By the way, when's the last time? So, but, but, but the point is, is like you have to be yeah, right. You have to hit the genetic lottery. And then you have to work hard, and then you have to actually be talented. You have to love the game of football, and then you have to become an NFL quarterback. It's easy to be in the media. You just buy Skype and a set of headphones, and you yap about football for 45 minutes and, and make fun of a really tall guy with a, a goofy arm and, and millions of dollars in the bank account and Brock Lobster. Um, I do think that it's an interesting fit in Denver. Crawl back to Denver and, and hang out there. And, you know, it's good for the Broncos. It gives them a little bit of insurance because Brock's played there. And no, the yeah, Dem- and you need that also with Paxton Lynch on the shelf. What if something happens to Simeon? You need a capable backup. Simeon, for got, hurt. Simeon got hurt last year and, and, and Lynch had to play. So, yeah, sure. It actually makes sense. A guy who knows the system, who knows the organization. He's humble. He's not going to harass anybody. It, it, it's a fit for as big a joke as Osweiler is. And they didn't have to pay him all the money that Houston did. So that's uh, so that's good for them. Um, the one thing that I thought was very funny was Osweiler saying that it was like him signing with Houston was like someone saying, don't touch the hot stove, don't touch the hot stove, and he had to touch the hot stove. I don't know if it's quite the same thing here. He also washed out of Cleveland as well, but I, I got to tell you, man, I actually like this spot a lot for Osweiler. I like this for Denver. Like, he's not going there to be the starter, but he is reliable insurance, I think. And, and, and I've said it a bunch of times on this podcast, Osweiler was not bad in 2015 with the Broncos. I don't know what the hell happened to him. We'll talk to Von Miller about that on tomorrow's edition of the Pick 6 on Wednesday. But, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Osweiler got some burn this year. I would not be shocked if Osweiler started a couple games for the Broncos. I, I got to tell you something too. And by the way, like right now, I'm having people sign up for my picks league that I run um, on on the CBS Office Pool Manager. Do you know what the best part is? You don't have to like. I know this is a non segue, but you don't have to like recreate a league every year. It keeps your standings year to year. Reminds you how humiliating it was to lose to all your friends. Um, it's a reminder that Brock Osweiler. I really am the Brock Osweiler of NFL media. Like I, I can't even beat my friends in an NFL pickup contest on a yearly basis. That must be how Brock Osweiler feels. Don't, don't sell uh, yourself short, Will. You are at least the Drew Brees of the NFL media. At least, if not the Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I would have taken the Mike Glennon, but sure, Russell Wilson, whatever. You know, I mean, yes, if, as long as it comes with that massive payday, I'm sure that you would. Do yeah, that yeah, I don't care. Yeah, just get me paid. Um, Maybe I am the Mike Lennon, Hor- horrifically over. I'm a shorter Mike Lennon, horrifically overpaid, perform like Brock. I'll tell you what. You want to horrifically overpay me? I'll sign up for that in, in a heartbeat. Uh, Will, what's so, up? What's up with the Zeke Elliott situation? Yeah, it's really. This is getting interesting, Nick. So we're you know, by, you know, just to let people know, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. So you know, news could pop at at any moment when you're listening to this. So obviously, again, subscribe and keep checking back. Um, I actually emailed with my labor lawyer. Uh, your labor lawyer, my labor my, lawyer. Uh, yeah, my well, he's one of my dad's good friends. He's a labor lawyer in D.C. Um, Tom Geis of of, uh, of you, Curl, you, you Southern twanged the hell out of that. My labor law, my labor lawyer. Yeah, um, Tom is actually like a really good uh, a really good labor lawyer. So like, he, he, it's good to check in with him on this. He is a little more bearish on Zeke Elliott's chances than than I am. Um, he thinks that the that the decision is not going to be controlled by what happened with Brady. Um, now you see them reference Brady, the, the NFL referenced Brady like seven times when they filed a, a motion to oppose the temporary restraining order filed by the NFL PA. Um, he actually pointed out that Mary Jo White is, is a, is a very good pick for that panel outside expert to help, um, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, 
the the you know in the the reference and the and the you know when they're trying to give the recommendation excuse me for for uh, Roger Goodell and it's going to be it, he thinks it's going to be very difficult to overturn for Zeke Elliott to win this case now the one thing I think is going to happen is that the time frame here Nick is going to be so compressed that it is going to make it likely for the court to grant the injunction or at least the temporary restraining order so Zeke can practice while they decide on the injunction because this is Tuesday morning. The court's not going to hear the TRO motion until until Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. That means you have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, three business days. Now, that's plenty of time to do it, but it's a short amount of time to decide the fate of Zeke Elliott for the entire season. So I think they will grant the injunction and then say, go play. We're going to reconvene on this. It might be during the season. You're running that risk. But it could also be after the season is over. That's just my gut feeling. But they can hammer this thing out. If the, the, He's going to play on Sunday, right? I, I think it's better than 50-50 he plays on Sunday night. You agree? Here's the thing. If they decide before Friday on the injunction, like if like – I, th- I, think, I think if they grant the injunction, it's because they can't decide. And if they can decide, they're not going to grant the injunction. Does that make sense? The injunction is basically uh, we know if we don't grant can I, this. Can I, can I be honest with you just to answer your question when you said, does this make sense? This legalese mumbo jumbo is so far above my pay grade. So to me, no, it does not make sense. But I'm sure that more intelligent listeners are like, yeah, that does make sense. But me, I have no idea. I'm just being honest. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense. I mean, like I said, I'm a formerly certified paralegal. So I kind of have. Are you really? Yeah, I was a paralegal for my dad for like two years. So you, you, Will, you might be the Tom, but you went from paralegal to this. Like, you're not Mike Glennon, buddy. You're Tom Brady. That's you're, right, you're, buddy. You're, I, you're Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a paralegal for my – yeah, I was working for my dad as his, uh, his legal assistant. Actually, yeah, we didn't even say paralegal because it sounded you – know, it sounded kind of – William, like, will, you, will you fetch me the papers, please? Uh, Robert Brinson, Robert Williams Brinson, legal assistant. What's up? What you need? Uh, yeah, we're calling for the other Mr. Brinson. Uh, yeah, nah, cool. I got you. Just go, uh, just go burn some stuff down. Like better, be better, better call Saul. Better call Brinson. <laughs> That's right. Um, I think he's going to play. I think, I think he's going to play. That's my gut sense of it. I think they'll grant the injunction. But, um, you know, Tom also pointed out uh, that it's, just, this is a court that's a little, you don't really know which direction they're going to go. And so it could, you could really see, any sort of shakeout happen uh, when it comes to this court. We don't know what's going to happen with Zeke Elliott. I don't think the Cowboys knows. I don't think the court knows. I don't think the NFL knows. Nobody knows. And it's wide open, and he could be playing or he could be sitting out in, in week one. We still have to find out what is what the ruling on the appeal is. Whether, like, if, if Harold Henderson drops it to two games, does Zeke Elliott drop his lawsuit and say, give me two, let's move on? That, that, that to me, would be a smart move by him as well, but we'll see. And the other thing regarding that Giants-Cowboys game on Sunday night, Odell Beckham Jr., Riding the exercise bike on Monday, not practicing, not good for the New York football giants. Those are my first two picks in my like one of my main leagues. Beck, I mean, you could Beck- do worse than Beckham and Zeke right in fantasy. Well, six six overall pick, and it's like, look, if I end up with two of the top, like two guys who were top ten picks with my first two picks at number six, I'll take that. If, uh, if you'll just works, you'll, you'll just lose by a hundred points in week one. Right, right, right. But you just, you just have to stay afloat through the first six weeks of the season. Yeah, I think Beckham's going to be fine. Beckham traditionally starts slowly anyway. Be a stunner to me if he doesn't play against the Cowboys, a division rival, primetime game. Wasn't it against the Cowboys when he caught the catch? Of course, yes, on Sunday in, Night Football. Was it in Dallas? Or was no, it, no, no, it was that New was York. at the Meadowlands, yeah. Yeah, but this game is in Dallas, Correct. Right? Yeah, this game's in Dallas, but it's Sunday night, same venue. I think he'll play. I think if you're the Giants, you need to be careful, but you also understand that this is a game that you know, if Elliott doesn't play, 
you have a pretty good chance of winning this game. No, they, if, unless Beckham's 100%, I don't roll him out there. Really? Because no, he's like the season's. It's crazy to say this about like a, a receiver not named Jerry Rice or maybe like Randy Moss at the height of his powers. No Odell Beckham Jr. season over for the New York Giants. Yeah, I'm. I'm no, I'm with you. I mean, I think that because of what he does with that offense, he single handedly won like three or four games last year. They're an eight and eight team last year without Odell Beckham. It's jailbreaking slants, and and it's like, you it's have, like oh, have, we have we haven't scored a touchdown all game. Here's a three yard pass to Beckham. Take it seventy yards out. Run everybody. I'm fine it. with that. I don't think that's what they'll do because you don't see NFL teams do that a lot. Um, I think if he's 75 percent or better, they'll play him. I think it's kind of cra- kind of crazy because you do that with a guy who has a bad hammy, and you could end up in a really shady situation for the rest of the year. But I, w- I would be surprised if he sits on Sunday. Yeah. So those are the big pieces of news that we're monitoring right now. There were other pieces of news over the weekend: the Jacoby Brissett trade, updates on Andrew Luck, and much more. We hit on that. Um, with Jason Lockhand Four coming up in moments. But first, Will, buddy, are you hiring right now? I am. You know what? I need to hire Nick. I need an assistant at my house. Um, and, and what do you think, if you had to guess, would be the best way to get some people, some good people, while you're hiring? Because this is the deal. Brinson has a, a sprawling family compound. Brinson comes from money. He was born with the, the golden spoon in his mouth. He's got a, he's got a butler named Alice there that comes and bring him his, brings him his coffee. Sometimes I see him on Skype. Will won't even let him make eye contact with me. That's how shamed the people like, are. Won't let make eye contact with me. Yes, correct. In the Brinson family compound. So, Will, if you needed to hire one person, multiple people to work in the Brinson family compound, how would you go about doing that? Well, here's the deal, Nick. You can't just trust your job search to one site, right? Like that's that seems that's insane. Like, Why would you do that? Yeah, that'd be like trusting just you to make the picks on Friday. You got to trust your job search to multiple sites, hundreds of sites, and the only way to do that with one click is to go to ZipRecruiter.com, and you get to put all of your job search on all those sites, and then you have the best candidates come to you. Why would you go out and search for just whatever candidates you can find? Send the best candidates to you. That's what ZipRecruiter does. No juggling emails, no calls to your office. You screen, rate, manage candidates all in one place on ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes, from the Princeton Family Compound all the way up to big-time corporations to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, for listeners of the Pick 6 Podcast, because you guys are so great, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Sit free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash passer. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash passer. Free job postings. ZipRecruiter.com slash passer. Big week of interviews on the Pick 6 podcast. Von Miller, Denver Broncos All-Pro linebacker, joining us tomorrow. That's Wednesday. But how about this, Will? We promised it earlier, and now we deliver. Live on the line, New England Patriots tight end, future Hall of Famer, Rob Gronkowski. Rob, first off, bud, how's the back feeling after training camp? Uh, Feeling good, man. Ready to roll. Uh, It just feels great to be back out there. Just got finished with another training camp. Got through it fine and uh, feeling good, ready to start preparing for the Chiefs and uh, excited for week one. Gronk, what's the deal with this diet situation? Because, I mean, I I, I buy that Tom Brady knows what he's talking about with respect to food and culinary arts, but I'm surprised that you are diving headfirst into this freaky little veggie diet. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, mean, to see see his age, 40 years old, uh, to see where he's at, how he hasn't lost a step, and he just keeps getting better and better. I mean, obviously he's doing something right, and 
seeing someone be through a whole process, seeing everything, obviously you want to take away and learn from them too. I mean, they've been through it all and he just wants to pass down some knowledge and uh, definitely do uh, his type of treatment stuff. A uh, couple, couple type of his exercises that get you right, that get you feeling good, focus mainly on the core uh, to keep your body uh, stability uh, nice and strong, but also uh, the eating wise too. I mean, I don't do the full eating program. I mean, it's definitely, uh, it, it's a tough one to do. I mean, but uh, if you I, I love to do the dinners. The dinners taste good. They get you feeling good. They have all the nutrients you need, and uh, it's going smooth, man. I'm feeling good. I think that this is sort of becoming in vogue now, Gronk. Like a lot of people are doing like the paleo diet, like vegans, like like eating eating really healthy. And I like what you said. Like you're not following it completely. So like what parts of it are you ignoring and like what are you substituting? Like like what is your actual diet like right now? Because I think a lot of the listeners are fascinated by this overall approach and an athlete of your stature doing it. Like what have you liked? What have you not liked about the uh, about this diet? No, I, I love I love it. I mean, I do the dinners. The dinners are great. I mean, there's so many different choices, and the dinners are are already pre-made. I told him he has to have them made for me, and he agreed. I mean, they're made for me, ready to go. I mean, how can I not want to take it? How can I? That just that's just crazy. If it's right there in my face and they taste good, I'm I'm gonna eat it, and I feel good off them. And I mean, I just I just do uh I just, I mean, I really don't know the breakfast type situations or the lunch, but I mean, I'm at the stadium. I'm still, I'm eating the, I'm still eating right. I mean, I'm not going crazy. I'm eating, I'm eating good, healthy breakfast still and a good lunch. But at dinner time, I, I eat one of his meals for dinner and, and they're great. All right. So on the football field, you have managed to patent basically the spike as a touchdown celebration with. Roger Goodell and the NFL finally loosening the rules. Do you have any plans for like a group spike, maybe a little river dance action? Anything you guys have planned uh, for the for the Patriots end zone action? Uh, yeah, I was actually I was excited to see that rule. I mean, we've already seen a lot of great touchdown dances, celebrations throughout preseason. I think that's exciting. I think that's what fans like to see. But right now, man, I got nothing planned. Actually, I got no. I got the spike right now, and that's all. I mean. I have no, really haven't thought about it, uh, you know, uh, just really been focused. But, I mean, possibly down the road uh, or this week, we can think about a little, little celebration or something. But as of right now, man, just focusing on football and really don't have any, just, just the spike is in my mind. And speaking of Spike, we know you've got great stuff going on with our friends at Tide. Spike, the stink, we're going to get into that coming up here in a couple moments, Gronk. But i got to ask you here, because I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. I, lo- I was at WrestleMania this year in Orlando, and I loved you, you getting into the ring with Jinder Mahal and your buddy Mojo Rawley. Can you, can you share with the listeners what that experience was like being in the ring at a WrestleMania with one of your best friends? Yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, growing up as a kid, I watched that all the time, and that was my first time actually being in a ring, and uh, it was it was a, like a dream come true. I watched it all the time, and uh, to step in that ring, go over the ropes, and and deck Ginger Mahal was was awesome. I mean, he's a big dude, and uh, I gave him a full full on check, and uh, it was a great experience, and it, it was it was fun too, especially being in the ring with one of your boys, which which what makes it super super special. So, Gronk, you, you've got a lot of football left in you. You're authoring a Hall of Fame career, more championships to win. But when it's all said and done and you hang up the cleats, any interest in maybe getting into that on more of a full-time basis? Because I think it's just people have said this to you, I'm sure. You would be a natural in WWE. 
Uh, I mean, I like to do stuff off the field and everything uh, in the off season when I got time, WWE, uh, doing commercials and stuff. And uh, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I mean, football is my priority. It's my number one. And uh, it, it really hasn't come down to that time. Uh, but, I mean, I, don't, I think about it once in a while. That's why I do a couple different things. But when I say when it comes down to that time, I feel like I would have more knowledge of what I would kind of want to do. You know, I really haven't put that much time into it. I mean, I've done things, but I haven't really sat down saying this is what I want to do because I'm really know I what I want to do right now is football. So that's what I, I'm really thinking about. You guys lost a, uh, a one of the big emotional leaders on that offense to, to the, for the season in Julian Edelman, Gronk. How does you know who steps up and replaces him? I know it's a next man up situation, but is there enough of a rapport with Tom Brady and, and Chris Hogan and Brandon Cooks and those guys? already and of course yourself that that you can replace what you lost with julian edelman uh i mean julian's not a replaceable player the way he works the way he plays the game is second to none uh the only thing is that players uh like myself and the offense we just got to step up and take on bigger roles i mean we just got to keep working hard uh move forward but we're gonna miss him a lot out there on the field Brandon Cooks is a guy that I'm I'm really excited about, Rob. I, I just think that he's going to have a monster season because you sort of look at the Patriots' offenses here over the last 10 years, and like since Randy, and you guys have had a ton of success, obviously, won a couple Super Bowls, but since Randy, since Randy Moss was there, that like true vertical down-the-field threat hasn't necessarily been there. So when I see Brandon Cooks, I'm thinking that this guy's just going to be a monster, you know, taking the top off the defense, and that's just going to open more opportunities for you down the seam, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great player. Uh, he's he's had a great camp. He works hard. He came in. He knows the playbook super well. He's smart, and uh, he, he likes the game of football. And uh, it's it's a, it's great to have him on the team. He's a great teammate, and I'm super excited to play with him too. I'm super excited to go out next week and and kick it off with him out on the field. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting, and uh, can't can't wait for it all to go down. Who's more handsome, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> I mean, I, I would go with a tie. They're both quarterbacks, <laughs> and they're both, you know, they're both, they both got talent. Outside of yourself, who's the biggest jokester in the locker room, like the most fun guy to be around? Uh, Alan Branch with defensive tackle. He's always joking around and always messing around, and uh, he, he's always got jokes, so he's funny. Are you surprised that, um, you know, for – like, I mean, I know you guys don't care about fantasy football as much, but are you surprised that, that people aren't on the Gronk train? I mean, like, like you like go to the second round. I mean, I think I think you the first round, like the last five years. You have a, you you want to tell people they're making a mistake by not by not taking you uh, right off the bat. Uh, I mean, that's a tough question. I mean, we got so many weapons in our offense that anyone can get the ball uh, at any time and put up and put up good numbers. But for fantasy, but. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't do fantasy because I'm playing the real thing. I'm playing the real life. And there's always so many different situations out there that can happen during the game. There might be a game where we run the ball a lot. There might be a game where I'm pass blocking a lot or something. So I don't really focus into that. I mean, I love how fantasy football is out there. Love that everyone plays, but I mean, I'm really just primary focus on what, what I can do to help out the team. But I mean, I hope, hopefully, hopefully uh, it is, it is for first round material, but 
it is what it is. It's whatever the fans think of, and uh, I'm just trying to win games with the football team. Speaking of the run game, you guys have a talented stable of running backs. Which one, if any, has stood out to you throughout training camp in the preseason? Uh, they all stand out to me because the way that they can move, the way that they can juke is unbelievable. I mean, I, I wish I could move like that. I, I don't got that type of quickness that all our running backs have, and that's what that's what I, I love to see them when they, you know, go one-on-one with a linebacker and, and make a miss. It's something special the way they can, they can move. Yeah, they got the jukes, but you got that truck stick, man. I don't know, I don't know if they want to go ahead to have that. All right, let me ask you this. Um, yeah. Um, I got this three and a half year old kid that I'm trying, or like three year old kid that I'm trying to potty train right now. He's tinkling all over the house. It's a total disaster. Everything smells like pee. Um, if I, I need something to clean that up, you got any, you got any suggestions, maybe like something I could wash it with. I, I don't know. I'm looking for something here. He's potty training on everywhere on all your clothes and everything. Uh, sporting gear, athletic gear, everything. I need something to wash it with. Oh, you, got- you know what I got for you? I got your sport pods. Oh, for real? Four pots, man. Yeah. Come on. What do you uh, think? Are those four pots, man? They get, they get the stench out of anything. You can be smelly. You can be dirty. You just toss in one. You just t- I actually spike those things into my laundry uh, laundry machine. <laughs> uh, they're easy to use. You just toss them in, dude, and you'll you'll have some clean clothes. I, I, I need to co-sign that. I don't do the Gronk spike into with the with the Tide Sport Pods into the washing machine, but I do use them, and they are fantastic. And, Gronk, you're doing some awesome things with our friends at Tide. I got one more question for you. I feel like there's a perception, right, wrong, or indifferent, of Rob Gronkowski as being this really fun-loving guy, party animal, etc. You do a lot of really cool stuff in the community. Doing some research before we, 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 we do this interview, Rob, I know you did something really cool recently with the Make-A-Wish Foundation for, for, a, for a young man. And I wanted you to share that with our audience because I thought it was pretty cool and pretty touching. Yeah, it was. Actually, that was this morning. I mean, I can't believe you guys already saw that. You must be on top of your research right now. But that was this morning, actually, just went to a a kid's house um, up in Boston area. And uh, it was a -a make-a-wish kid. And uh, he wished for a football field in his backyard and uh, and a a Patriots player to be there. So I, I showed up as a surprise this morning. And the kid was uh, so happy. He just ran up to me, gave me a big hug. The whole family was just so uh, incredibly uh, moved by it, and it was just awesome to do that. And to see a, the smile on the kid's face just running around, catching touchdowns, doing a grind spike was, was something cool. That's awesome, Grant. Hey, man, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we look forward. You, you, make, you make the NFL fun, dude. So uh, we appreciate you uh, doing what you do, and, and, and keep up the good work on and off the field, buddy. All right, man, I appreciate it. I'll keep, I'll keep it going, man. I thank you. That was New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski doing great stuff with our friends at Tide. We and Gronk all look forward, as you should as well, this NFL season, to spiking the stink. Will, great stuff from the future Hall of Fame tight end for the New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski. To me, his most interesting answer was when he said Julian Edelman, an irreplaceable player on that offense. I don't think he's wrong. I mean, I, I mean, like he's not going to say I'm irreplaceable. Um, you know, like that would be like, like I would say, Nick, you're irreplaceable on this podcast. Or somebody asked me, like, I'd be like, oh, Nick is irreplaceable on this podcast. But I would never say I'm irreplaceable on this podcast, even though as soon as we put down these headsets, I walk downstairs and say, 
tell my wife this would never be a top 25 podcast if I wasn't involved. You know, like, like that's like. It's funny that, that you say that because I literally walked out after the Gronk interview and told our producer, Joey, that if I were not involved, that we would not be top 25. So really, I think, you know, I think we may have bared our souls to each other a, a little bit too much there, but, but it's true. Like, because you can put Chris Hogan or Amendola and Brandon Cooks could step it up, but without Edelman, like he's their guy in the clutch. I don't know that it hurts them from September through December, but come January, you want Julian Edelman out on the field. Yeah, and I mean, think about it like this, too. So with teams, NFL teams, if you go back and look at who comes out of the gates hot, especially in September and October, it's it's teams that are consistent from year to year. And if you look at teams that perform well, it's teams that have the same guys in place. Well, Julian Edelman and Tom Brady have this, like, brain chemistry. Like, Julian Edelman, when he runs these option routes – he knows what Tom's thinking and Tom knows what he's thinking. They're seeing the same thing on the field. No one else has that chemistry at that level, I would say, in the entire NFL because Edelman is like a satellite to Brady's planet. Like he's hanging around like getting girls because because of Brady and Brady's God, wife. God, I would love to be in that orbit. Just send me up there, please. Like, yeah, right, right. right. I, I, would, I would like, gladly take Julian Edelman's sloppy seconds. Not, not even a question. Well, Tom Brady's too, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. I think that I think that there's a decent chance that Julian Edelman has a tattoo of Tom Brady's face on his inner thigh. You know what I mean? Like he's that obsessed with That's Tom awful. Brady. It would, yeah, it's disgusting. Wouldn't would it surprise you though if it just says like TB12 on his inner thigh? See, uh, see, it's a, you you watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. For me, this is like I'm Danny DeVito. Like I don't even need the sloppy seconds. I'll take the scraps as it concerns <laughs> Brady and Edelman. Two other notes on the questions we asked. You notice I tried to get it out of him which running back looks the best, but but the Gronktron 5000 has been uh, brainwashed too much by Bill Belichick, so he was not going to give us an answer there. I tried to get it out of him for myself selfishly in fantasy and for the rest of the listeners and. Will, there's never been harder-hitting journalism on these or any other airwaves than your award-winning question, who is more handsome, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? It really is the, the question that's sweeping the nation. First of all, it's a lot easier to pick which running back is going to be the best in New England. The answer is James White. Um, White. I am, I am all in White. I am all in on James White when it comes to fantasy this year um, than it is to pick who is the most handsome quarterback in New England? I'm, I'm serious. Like, who's better looking, Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think Garoppolo is better looking. I have interviewed Tom Brady one time, and it was even it wasn't even like one on one, but it was like five on one, and it was back. So Tom- many jokes that could be told here. I will avoid all of them, as this is a family awesome. podcast. Five some with Tom Brady in New York one time. Um, it was back when he had long hair, and I mean, I got to tell you, like, like, look, I'm a heterosexual man. I have no problem with married whatever- kid, the whole deal. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, look, I have no problem with people's like, – people can do whatever they want. Like I'm totally cool with anything, whatever you want to do. That's your own thing. Uh, I am personally heterosexual. But you talk to Tom Brady and you get a little lost in those eyes. I mean like he's <laughs> he's a little dreamy and I'm not afraid to say it, Nick. It's So I would pick Tom Brady because I think he's just got a little bit more rugged classic look to him. Than Jimmy Garoppolo, who's sort of more of a uh, a millennial handsome, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're just digging the hole deeper and deeper. So let's just get out of it right now. Now, Will, you may be dreamy yourself, and I'm looking at you right now on Skype, and I got to tell you, the hair looks great. 
your skin looks great, the five o'clock shadow looks great, or you look like hell. And your Super Bowl pick, I think, was pretty bad as well. You have the Arizona Cardinals over the Los Angeles Chargers in Super Bowl 52. Our full season predictions coming up a little later in the week. That's myself and Will. But to give his season predictions right now, CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lock and Fora. Now, JLC, we know that you're going to mock Will for his pick, Cardinals and Chargers. Please do just that. I'm going to do no such thing. I mean, nobody knows. I mean, this is all guesswork and good for him for, I mean, I'm kind of mad at myself for going chalk. Good for him for having some cojones and, and doing it. Um, I I have reservations about Carson Palmer's ability to hold up uh, in November, much less January or February. But you know what? There's every year some teams that sort of come out of nowhere. I'm big on the Chargers. I can't remember if I picked them to win the division. I, I know I had them in the postseason. The AFC West for me was a total, like, you could have given me any order of those teams and how many, what, I don't know, I'm not a math whiz, however many machinations there possibly are for how that division could finish. And any one you presented to me, I'd be like, yeah, that's 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 probably it, or that's probably it, or yeah, that could be it. So somebody coming out of that, I think it's the best division in football. If you win that division, and you should be fortified for a playoff run if you're remotely healthy. So what the heck, man? Um, You've actually yeah, got. I, I don't. I don't think that's the cr- like. I mean, if somebody like it's not like like Cleveland and you know. Whatever, Washington. Okay, that's clearly just for attention. Like Jackson, Jacksonville. No, 49ers. I applaud you, Will. Thanks, Jason. Um, you actually had the Broncos winning the division, which I think people were people got mad at me, my mentions about. And then you had the Chargers and the Raiders both as wild cards, or the Chargers as the first wild card. So, I mean, I agree that that's the really the biggest reservation about Los Angeles I have is that this division is so difficult. Um, you know, the same applies too. Like after that Sheldon Richardson trade this weekend. The same applies to the the, the you know the, the the Cardinals. Like they have to deal with the Seahawks twice this year, and I don't really love the idea of Sheldon Richardson bearing down on Carson Palmer and wrecking my Super Bowl winning. What did you uh, what, what did your thought about that trade, especially since you've got the Seahawks winning the whole thing? Yeah, I turned in my picks really early, so this was not like a reaction thing. Like I was all about been all about Seattle for a while. The George Fant injury gave me some pause and I still have reservations, but there are no perfect teams in the NFL. I mean, even New England, who are they, who's rushing the passer for them? Like they're going to win a lot of games because most of the teams they play against are total garbage and they have the greatest quarterback and greatest coach ever. But like they still have flaws and faults and, and concerns. So, um, I wish Seattle's offensive line was a little more proven, and I wish they had a left tackle who I'd heard of before. I wish they would have traded for Joe Thomas a couple years ago, but I think their strengths are really, really strong. Let me ask you this, um, and I agree with you. The AFC West was the only division where we all had different winners chosen in the AFC South, the AFC East, and the AFC North. We picked the same teams. Who do you think, Jason, is most likely to be the team that doesn't win that division. It has to be the Titans, right? Like literally every single one of us, I believe, picked the Titans to win that division. That is a major red flag for me. Yeah, that probably means that that like they'll finish they'll get the first overall pick or something. I mean I don't I don't foresee that. I I, I don't think many of these divisions are going to be close. I really don't. Um I, I again there just aren't enough good teams in this league right now. And the ones that are pretty good 
I think we'll, we'll have a fairly decent margin over everybody else in the division. And that's another one where, you know, I think the Titans could get to 10 wins. I don't think anybody else in that division gets to 500. I have reservations about Houston's offense and quarterback. Um, if anybody could push them, it's them. But, you know, I, I, I don't think the Titans are built for January success yet, but I, I think they're the most complete team in that division. If they keep Mariota upright, they should be fine. Dominant offensive line. Uh, potentially dominant run game, more weapons on offense, and Dick LeBeau running the defense where they made strides last year. I still have some concerns, but, um, yeah, we probably did all all put the kibosh on them. And, I mean, in terms of the West, like, most of these things I flew right through. Like, that one, literally, I probably spent 10 different – 10 minutes, like, you know, running my own standings and sitting there and thinking about it. And I don't, I have no idea. Look, if Justin Houston becomes Justin Houston again – Kansas, I got Kansas City in last place. If you tell me that Justin Houston's going to play 16 games or even 14 or 12 games and look like a league MVP, then I might go Kansas City. Um, you know, if you tell me Oakland gets any play from their secondary, I'll go Oakland. If you tell me um, San Diego's going to avoid catastrophic injury, which they can never do, then I'd go or, or sorry, Los Angeles. And then I went Denver. I don't even know why I went Denver. Like, I just finally was like, I'm, I'm turning this in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to now, like, move on with my life and make this pick. Uh, and I just went Denver just because I think they have the best defense in that division, although, although Los Angeles could be close. And they know how to win without a quarterback to begin with. And, you know, we'll see. But if you ask me to do it right now all over again, I'd probably do something. I'd probably go, like, Chargers, Chargers, Denver, Raiders, KC. Jay, you've but got then I the, might want to change it five minutes after that, too. You've got the Colts. I don't know about that division. I have no clue. Well, <laughs> I, I think that, that you have a pretty good idea of what you think the Colts are going to do. You have them finishing last place in the AFC South, even behind the woeful Blake Bortles-led Jacksonville Jaguars. Chris Ballard and the Colts announcing Andrew Luck won't be available for week one against the Rams. Surprise, surprise. And he yeah. will be week to week after that, which sounds quite ominous. Um, what's the latest you're hearing on the health of Indy's franchise quarterback? I'm going to say the same thing I said when I got out of Indianapolis, and that was like August the 7th or something. I was there pretty early in camp. That this guy is going to miss a chunk of football this year. The, the, there is no definitive timeline for him. There is no um, tangible end line. They're going to have to gauge how he feels as he sort of um, – you know, works his way back from a significant injury to his throwing shoulder and a, a, a significant procedure. So I didn't think he was going to play football in September. Look, I, I'm of the mind they should have just pumped him. That, that's just me because he's probably going to miss four or five weeks anyway. And at that point, it's that extra game. I mean, what get use the roster spot. I know he can't practice then, but that's fine. Like, he, he's like, at this point, what's another couple of weeks of rest? We're, we're, the Colts are not going to be a factor this year. I mean, I'm sorry for the fans and everything and people who spent money on season tickets, but this is professional sports. It's not, you know, Sandlot, you know, playing in the sand in kindergarten. There's winners and losers. So, um, and then they're, they're, they're set up to be a big loser this year. And so we'll see, guys. I mean, he's going to need several weeks to ramp it up. And then you start, is it worth risking him to contact now? And as he ramps it up, is there soreness? Is there swelling? Uh, you just don't know. You just you just don't know. And if you're 0-5, then it's like, well, yeah, you're going to play him. But, man, you know, are, are, are you really going out of your way 
not to have him running outside the pocket and doing some of the stuff he does. So I don't think we see him in uh, much, if at all, in September. And, and then, you know, we'll see from there. We're going to get your uh, some of your picks for the rest of the division winners and then Super Bowl, obviously, as well here. Um, but speaking of the Colts, what was your take on the Jacoby Brissett-Philip Dorsett deal we saw this weekend? Um, I, I, most of these deals that went down, and I, I wrote a column about it a day or two ago. I, I get it from both sides. But I think it's a case of when you look at who were the most active teams, so you've got – uh, New England, right, made a bunch of trades the last few weeks. Pittsburgh, Seattle. Those are teams picking pretty far down the waiver wire. They're not going to get their pick of the litter of some of these recent draft picks who might hit the waiver wire, but who, um, recent top picks, but, but, you know, who, who haven't played well and somebody else will probably take a shot on them before you. So if you really feel like Philip Dorsett is a guy who, now that you've become more of a downfield game for New England, right? Now they've got all these deep threats. Well, what if they lose one or two? You know, Mitchell was banged up last year, and what if Cooks goes down? Now you have insurance there where you can continue to run some of the same stuff and still have a guy who you don't know if he's going to hold on to the ball or not. You don't know how effective he'll be, but you have to respect his speed at least, and, and somebody's got to go with him on the outside. You know, Brissett. I get it from the Colts' standpoint. We're just sitting here saying we don't know when their starter's going to come back. Nobody thinks Scott Tolzien's the answer. I would just start the kid Morris, but they obviously have trepidation about him because they're going with Tolzien. So some insurance for them for a guy who otherwise they probably just would have cut. You know, I, I get it. The Richardson trade, I get it from, from all sides. Um, what the Buffalo Bills have done, I mean, look at them parting with Watkins and Ragland and and Roby, right, and Cardell Jones, all these guys taken fairly high over the last few years. I get it. Regime change. They're not part of their future. They don't want to pay somebody else's problems, um, somebody else's injuries, somebody else's concerns who who brought them into the league. Other, you know, Bean and and, uh, McDermott inherited those guys. So I I get it. Um, But I think the smart teams, especially the really good teams, you might as well make calculated gambles for some of these guys. You know, if you're the Steelers, you go and get a Vance McDonald because, yeah, you need a tight end, but by the time you're picking in the waiver, you know, wire, who's who's really going to be there who could still make your team because your team's pretty good right now. And those future draft picks, a lot of them won't make your team anyway. Uh, I agree with you completely. I think the I think the Patriots in particular have figured out this sort of modern-age money ball where they can, um, you know, where they, they are – it's not modern age money ball. They're just staying ahead of the curve by realizing the valuation of draft picks and, and all of that. Um, speaking of valuable properties, the Pick Six podcast right now, guys, twenty third in sports podcast on iTunes. Yeah, it's very because they were top. Wow, Slow clap around. We need like Casey Kasem to do like the America's Top Forty. We're now in America's Top Forty. We'll see see how long we can stay in the countdown. Just, just what was re- that thing he used to do where, like, you sent the request to the other person? Like, what was it? Like, oh, man, it's going to kill me now. Uh, Casey Kasem like, actually spoke at my elementary school. Really? Is Casey yeah. Kasem yeah. still alive? Did he do alive? the Scooby-Doo voice and all that stuff? He must yeah. have. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, um, this guy who's this, uh, this like, philanthropist guy who's um, a parent of one of the kids at our school. This, phila- this philanthropist he's, guy. He's a money-raising machine. He's, he's raising $38 million right now. To build this uh, baseball stadium in High Point, it's like it's like High Point has furniture and what? Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. He, it's a High Point. You know High Point University. It's like a pretty big deal now. Like they like like a bunch of people over in the north go there. They have like a it's like a really nice school. But um, uh, he he basically built it uh, 
I thought you were going to say like to hurricane relief or something. I didn't think you were going to say for a baseball stadium. No, no, not doing it for anything other than helping the town. By the way, rounding out the top 25 iTunes sports podcast, number 24, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh Family Podcast, and 25, First Take. We left over First Take in terms of our podcast, so that's pretty cool. You can help us stay ahead of First Take and, and those guys. Uh, you can <laughs> subscribe via iTunes, subscribe via Stitcher, leave a podcast review. If you leave a five-star review, if you just leave any review, it helps. Um, and, and we'll, we'll like, we'll send you a, uh, I don't know, like an apple or something well, you like know, that. We'll, we'll, we'll do, cause it, honestly, like we talked about this, it's my crippling insecurity. When I go I, at, at night, I go and look at the reviews and if there are good reviews, it helps me sleep better. So I, I need Don't this. look at the reviews, dude. It's like your Twitter mentions. Just uh, ignore it, bro. So I kind of uh, I, I kind of like the Twitter mentions, uh, to be honest. Perfect. Like, yeah. like yes, yes, Pitt, E-S-P-I-T-T says, perfect blend of chemistry and knowledge with Will, Nick, Pete, and Jason. Keep up the great work, guys. We love it. Handsome Why Nick. Why did he put me last? Wait a minute. Don't put me last, bro. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I got, but I, but I got you better. Here you go. Hey, this, this guy, I, Kedor, posted one on August 30th, and he wrote, all caps. Here's the title of his review. Handsome Nick Costos and Charming Jason Locken for How great is that? <laughs> Sounds like a tag team. I do you know what I'm talking about though? Like did you, I'm, I feel like I'm dating myself, especially with you. Oh, no, of course, no, no, Casey, at one Casey, point of course, in America's yeah. top forty, he would read like somebody would write a letter to like their long lost love and they would request a song and Casey would read the whole letter like during America's top forty and then play the song. There you go. Now this like one a long be- distance ah, I can't believe I can't remember. It had a name. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, so while we're thinking about that, what do you... Costas, do you know what I'm talking about or don't you? you have I, no clue I, I, I don't about. know the long-distance segment you're talking about. It's called long-distance dedication, right? That's what it was called? That's it? I feel like it had a, this like long it had a, a better name than that. No, but I, but I remember Casey K. I grew up listening to Casey Kasem. Okay. I am 34. You can tell Costas wants to be... Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem? Well, that I, voice. I'm, I'm good. I, I want to be oh, Jaggy. Please, I, I, I would slit your throat, Will, to have Casey Kasem's voice. No question. I just want to have Jeff Spicoli's voice. That's all I care about. Hey, man, Mr. Hand, what's going on? Um, okay. The Giants, Jason, you have picked them to win, I believe, the NFC East. Yes, yeah, I did. But we could change the name of this podcast to Off the Rails, by the way. That would actually be a more appropriate name because I, I, like, I like when we go Off the Rails. You and Pete. Both have the Giants, and so does Sean Swimmy Wagner Magoo. Uh, who didn't pick the Giants? Is probably I'd be I'd be more interested to know who uh, didn't pick it. Wilson Breach and Dubin have the Cowboys, and yours truly, Captain Contrarian, has the Eagles winning it, baby. I, I think I'm with you, by the way, Will. I think I'm taking the Eagles also. I like the Eagles. I, I like being the only guy who has them. I'm the only guy who's the Panthers too. Jason's uh, one of the only guys, along with Ryan Wilson, have the Buccaneers. Tell me why the Giants are going to cruise in the NFC East, Jason. Um, I just think the defense pack and play. You know, they can they can beat you at home. They can beat you on the road. They can, um, you know, they they. Uh, I think offensively, Eli bounces back. I don't love Eric Flowers at left tackle. You know, again, they've got their warts there, but I think they have to run the ball a little better. I think they have to be a little more balanced. Um, you know, outside of Beckham, and that's not going to be a major injury. If it if, if it sits him out of game, then so be it. But I think they came through relatively healthy, uh, and they 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 found an identity last year. And and they those guys on offense now, I mean, Eli's got to be smart enough at this point to realize like I just have to manage the game. You know, like if I don't make those two or three boneheaded throws, we're going to win the game because this defense 
is good enough to hold pretty much anybody into the low 20s or maybe the teens. And we make a few plays and we win the game. So I think they're the most complete team in that division. But again, don't get me wrong, they're not without warts. How about, how about Tampa Bay, Jason, winning the South? Your reason behind that? I, I mean, that's another division where you could make the case for almost anybody, and you could give me that division in any order other than probably, like if you gave me New Orleans, uh, Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa, I probably wouldn't think it's right, but I wouldn't be like it's impossible. I, I, you know, I, I just don't know. Um, I feel like Tampa's a lot like the Raiders the last couple of years, where um, the people who were on the hype train early, and, and I was, I, look, I said two years ago the Raiders would be 500. I said last year they'd be in the playoffs. Um, I feel like Tampa's on a similar trajectory with a quarterback who, who has similar skill set and who now has a preponderance of weapons around him. Um, defensively, I feel like Mike Smith got some things there to take hold in the second half of the year. I'm not in love with all their personnel on defense, but I think they're going to score a lot of points. I think they're going to play with a lead quite a bit, and it's going to allow people like McCoy to, to tee off. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of feel like it, it's their time. Um, Atlanta, I do believe in a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, especially when you lose that way. I think Atlanta's offense will slip, maybe even slip significantly. Defensively, though, they should be better. My question is how much better. And the other two teams, I just don't know. You know, I, I, I feel like Carolina and New Orleans are better teams. Um, I'm just not sure in a tough division if they're better enough, for lack of a better term. Yeah, like if the Saints would win the AFC South by by four games or you know whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, the thing about Tampa that's interesting to me, and I'm with you, and I almost wanted to. Well, so first of all, the thing the thing about Tampa that stands out to me is the fact that if you go back and look at the deep passing statistics from 2016, what you see, and this is like a pro football focus, and but I mean it's fairly obvious to the you know to the eye if you if you follow football, Deshaun Jackson made Kirk Cousins one of the best deep ball passers in yes. the league. Deshaun Jackson had more yardage of anyone, of any receiver, last year on passes of 20 yards or more down the field. Mike Evans had 39 such targets and only got, I think he got like 33% of them caught. And Jameis Winston was not a great deep ball passer. And to me, it, it is obvious that if you take Deshaun Jackson, who's the best deep ball receiver in football, and you take him away from a guy like Kirk Cousins, who is an okay quarterback, and you give him to a guy like Jameis Winston, who has a cannon arm, but hasn't been very good on the deep ball, that Jameis Winston is going to get substantially better on deep ball passes. I know I wrote a column early in the spring, and I went back and looked at, like, Deshaun Jackson since he came into the league, Deshaun Jackson the last five years, Deshaun Jackson the last three years. His, his yards per catch, his number of catches um, where the ball travels 25 yards or more in the air, um, you know, his deep ball percentage of targets to balls caught were, were, were all spectacular. And to those who say he's hurt a lot and nicked up, well, he, he is. But even if you just look at the last three years and the last two years, he's top five in all that stuff. So I, I'm with you, Will. And they can run they can run packages out there where when they get Martin back, and I don't know that he's what he used to be or what he, you know, that monster year he had a couple years back, but he's still a guy who can be fairly explosive to catch a ball out of the backfield with some wiggle. I mean, if you have him – Great Howard Evans and uh, Deshaun on the field at the same time, like okay, like all right, <laughs> how you stopping all those guys? You know what I mean? You got Brait, right, Brait running the little underneath stuff. You could have Howard going short, 
intermediate or deep. You could have Evans catching balls in all quadrants of the field. And if you don't double Deshaun Jackson, you're a moron. I mean, good luck with that. No, I agree completely. And this is the segues perfectly to my what a follow up I was going to have anyway. I thought about had I not gone Cardinals uh, Chargers, I probably would have done this. But I thought about having Jameis Winston as the MVP. A, do you think there is a chance Jameis becomes good enough with all that talent to win MVP? And B, if not, who is your MVP? Well, look, I think it could he be an MVP. I mean, it, maybe this year, maybe not. But at some point in his career, yeah, I, I, I believe he's a guy who, when the breezes, you know, and and the rivers and the Brady step aside, and you start talking top six to top eight quarterbacks, I think he's one of the guys best primed to slide in. Uh, I, I mean, his leadership skills, the way guys rally around him, all that's there as well as the big time talent. So I think he has the, the ability, if he puts it all together, to, to be of that caliber. Will it happen this year for sure? I don't know. I can say this. The expectations won't be too big for him. The stage won't be too big for him. The pressure won't be too big for him. Um, but look, as long as you've still got guys like Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers hanging around out there, it, it's hard for somebody else to break into that, you know, and regular season MVP conversation um sometimes that's a a bit of a career achievement award as well so uh we'll see you know we'll we'll see i mean look if he if he has a matt ryan year then he's gonna win it you know what i mean nobody was talking about matt ryan as an mvp this time last year so yeah he could do it or cam newton the year before yeah i think maybe the most surprising jason of all your picks because i think the vast majority of pigskin prognosticators have the Lions outside of the playoffs this year after making it last year. You have them in as a wild card team. Tell us why. I did not find many teams I believed in once I got past four or five in the NFC. You know, you're just sizing them up versus everybody else. You know, could it be the Eagles? Yeah, it could. I think the Eagles are good for eight or nine wins. And if they put it all together, maybe a couple more, which, which would be enough. Um, you know, could it be the Cowboys? Yeah, I, I kind of have them falling off a cliff, but I could be completely wrong about that. Um, as, as far as the Lions, I had a hard time banging the table and really, uh, you know, feeling like this is absolutely the second wild card in, in the NFC. I like Matt Stafford. I, I, they've had some injuries to the offensive line, even after they've upgraded it, but I feel like um, that unit has the ability to be better. I feel like that's another team that has to run. I can't. Imagine they have a historically bad running game two straight years, given what they can do offensively. Um, you know, and, and defensively, I, I think they're they're incrementally getting there. Um, I, I just like a quarterback who can win games for you, and I feel like Stafford is that guy. Um, he can keep you in games. He can win you games. And, and I know people in Detroit are kind of slow to come around on him and still are down on him to some degree because they haven't had playoff success and all that. But I, I would say he hasn't had a whole lot around him much. But at that point, when I'm when I'm up in a quandary, when I really don't have a strong feeling, I'm going to go with the best quarterback. And, and um, especially Matt Stafford getting to play in a bad weather division but play most of his games climate control. I kind of, I kind of just went that direction. Jason, two minutes left here. I know you have a Super Bowl 49 rematch with a different outcome this year. You have Seattle beating new England. Who do you have in the championship games? Who's Seattle going to beat? Who's new England going to beat? 
that you guys have it in front of you. <laughs> it's actually the reason I'm asking is because it's actually not I listed there on the Sean, site. Like you know when he sent the email out, like I responded immediately because it's like if I don't do this right now, I'll yeah. never remember to do it. So did I? Who did I, I? I'm guessing I had Seattle and the Giants. It's actually not listed there. It's a Super Bowl pick. It's got to be the Giants or the Steelers, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think that's probably what I had. I mean, I, I'm uh, Seattle and the Giants, to me, the two best defenses in the NFC. I still feel like defense can carry the day, especially in the postseason. And they have defenses that are good enough to beat quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers uh, when, when the entire season's on the line. So uh, I, I can see that being a low-scoring championship game. I've been big on the Steelers for years. I feel like the Steelers are probably better equipped to finally get past their bugaboo, which has been the Patriots for years. Um, I know I didn't pick that, but it wouldn't shock me, especially if McDonald gives them a little more out of the tight end position. They're loaded everywhere else on offense. And, you know, the the move uh, for Hayden, I like a lot. I feel like they've got enough off the edge for one more year. If Bud Dupree continues to develop one more year of Harrison, they add, uh, you know, the younger Watt to the mix. Uh, I, I just, I, I like a lot about that team. Um, the question is, can they score more points than New England when the entire season is riding on it? And, and they haven't been able to do that. If they capture the one seed, which is hardly out of the question, and New England has to go to Heinz Field, if that's how it plays out, I'd probably go Steelers. But it hasn't played out like that very often. Jay, appreciate the time, buddy. Here's the deal. I want you to spend some time in thought the next couple days. Get some winning picks against the spread for week number one. We will give them out later in the week. We will have our own competition, and you can compete with us, cbsports.com backslash pick six. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, have a good one, guys. Talk to you soon. All right.